We are looking at the, the theme this year. We believe it's a prophetic verse for our church. There's Isaiah 54, verses 2 to 3, about enlarging the place of your tent. We're looking to stretch and strengthen and advance in Jesus' name. But this morning, we're, well, this year, we're looking at the theme of stretching and strengthening. And this morning, I, I was drawn to a character in the Bible. It's going to be a bit different this morning because I'm not, Jordan asked me what my Bible reading was, and I was like, I don't really have one because instead of having like a passage to read, I, I really want to give an overview of someone in the Bible's life and some of the lessons that we can learn because I've got a message title that Gary asked me for and I was like, I'm not sure what to call it. I don't know what he ended up going with, but really it's this idea of being stretched on purpose or being stretched for purpose or being stretched by purpose. And I want to look at a character in the Bible who's one of the, probably the most underrated heroes in the Bible and it's a woman called Esther, which I know you're thinking, it's Father's Day, why are you not looking at a father? But don't worry, we're going to be looking at Esther. And the funny thing about Esther is it's actually the only book in the Bible, a bit of Bible trivia for you, because I'm a pastor now officially with the title and everything, but uh, like, it's the only book in the Bible where God is not mentioned once. If you read it, God's not mentioned once, his name's not mentioned, nowhere in the Bible will you find a book other than Esther where God isn't mentioned, and yet if you read the story, you'll see that God is all over that story. But as I was preparing for this message, I really felt impressed on my heart that there's probably people in here where you're wondering, what is my purpose? Why am I on earth? Like, what, what's my purpose? You, you might work, but you're just like, I don't really know what I'm put on the planet for. And I believe that I can't tell you what that is because I honestly believe that's between you and God. He's got a purpose for your life. He's got a plan for your life that I'm sure he will reveal to you. But I believe there's some lessons from Esther's life that can help us to try and step into the purpose that God has for our life. You see, we find Esther in chapter 1. If you read it, and I'm not going to go through every chapter, don't worry. Um, but in chapter 1, we, all we know about Esther is that she is an orphan. We find out she's in this place that isn't her hometown, because the Jews have been, God's people have been taken captive. But we find that her parents have died at some point. We don't know how, we don't know why, but she's been taken in by her cousin called Mordecai. And I just believe that there's sometimes in life, circumstances will happen that we can't control. There's things that will happen in life that just happen, and I believe that those are stretching seasons for us. I'm blessed that my uh, parents are still around, but I am, I was thinking, as I was preparing for Father's Day, I was thinking in the past year or so, we've probably as a church collectively, we've lost some, the two, I guess you would argue, like the grandfathers of the house and Pastor Peter and Pastor Pearson, and that's they left an impression on us. They, they left our handprints on our lives. And we are, what, I, I, please don't hear what I'm not saying, but we're worse off because they're no longer with us and amongst us. They made, they made us better. But in that season, we would have never chosen for that. We would want them to be around forever. But there's a stretching that now has to take place as, as we become, the opportunity now becomes for us, for, the opportunity is now there for us to step into the role of being the encouragers, of being the champions of faith that they where and that is a stretching season for us. And I believe that this time when Esther's going through this, she loses her parents. That would have been a stretching season for her. I can't even imagine what that must have been like. But it was also a stretching season for her cousin Mordecai who stepped up. And I just want to take this moment to thank you, every man in here who's maybe not the father of me, but who has a father to me and who has encouraged me and has championed me and has given me wisdom and helped me in life. And we want to say thank you. We are better because of you. And so please continue to champion us and to, for, to be wise to us and 
everything that we can learn from you and also to my generation. Like, let us be the examples to our future generations also. But I believe that life can sometimes be unfair, and, but I also believe in every opportunity, in every circumstance is an opportunity for us to grow. We can grow in wisdom, we can grow in patience, we can grow in empathy, we can grow in all these different things. And I also believe that though we can't control everything, I believe firmly in my heart of hearts that God can use every circumstance for His glory. One of my favorite hymns of all time is a song called, uh, I think, I don't even know what it's officially called. It's either When Peace Like a River or it's It Is Well With My Soul. And if you know the story, the, the verse goes, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like seas billows roll, whatever my law thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And that sounds really nice, but in the context of the, the story, it was written by a missionary who, he was in America, I believe, and he was coming on, I think he was actually due to go on holiday with his family, and he had a wife and two daughters, and for, for, for whatever reason, he was delayed, so he sent them on in a, a ship, because there was no planes back in those days, and he sent them on in a ship as they began their holiday, and tragically news came through that their ship had sank, and he was left here on earth, and I'm not saying that God caused that ship to sink at all, but this man who probably felt all the guilt, imagine how you would feel if you should have been on that boat with your family and then you weren't, and then all of a sudden, it's, and I'm left behind here with the pain and all the emotions, and yet a friend wrote to him to ask him how he was doing, and he wrote this song, but whatever my lot thou hast taught me, to say why I believe that God didn't cause that situation, but God used that stretch and season for him, that circumstance for his glory. Because now millions across the world, if not billions, sing songs like, it is well with my soul. A later verse goes on to say, my sin, oh my sin. Like, and it basically, the gist of it, because I've totally forgot the words off the top of my head, no pressure, is that count against me no more. They were nailed to the cross and I carry it no more. It is well, it is well with my soul. You see, we can, can't control what happens in life, and Esther, I'm sure, would have never chosen for her parents to die, yet this stretching season was God positioning her for where he was going to take her. And I'm not saying God caused it, but I believe that God causes all things to work together for good, and I honestly believe that the enemy, what he means for evil, God will redeem it and use it for good. I believe that that's what our God does. That's how incredible our God is. And I believe that whatever season you find yourself in, that if you find yourself in seasons where this is just unfair, this doesn't seem right, that if we recognize that this is an opportunity for me to grow and I can either stay stuck here or I can say, do you know what, God, I don't like it. I'm not happy with it. I'm in pain, but he's a pain taker. I, I'm in chains great now, it feels like, God, but you're a chain breaker. And I believe that as we surrender to him, he can make purpose come out of us. But in chapter two, we then find Esther, she finds herself from a nobody to the position of queen. Like she's went from being nobody, a nothing in the kingdom, an outcast, to then she's promoted to the position of queen. Because God is positioning Esther for purpose. And I believe that God has a plan for your life. And I believe there's some times where God will put you in positions that you're like, I don't even know how I got here. I don't know why I'm even in this room. I don't know why I'm in this space. But I believe that that's God positioning you for his purpose. Esther had no clue what was going on. But the Bible promises this, that in all of your ways, if you acknowledge him, then he will direct your path. It doesn't say that he's going to show you the whole direction of your life. But what it says is that if I acknowledge him in all of my ways, 
then he will direct my path. So I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about what my job's going to be or what my life is going to look like. Why? Because if I acknowledge him, that's my responsibility, then he's going to be the one who directs my path so we can be possession for his purpose. Hester, as far as we can see, she loved God. She just went about doing whatever it is that she was doing, and all of a sudden this door of opportunity opened for her, and she was able to walk into it. You see, and, and what does it mean to acknowledge God in all your ways? Well, I guess some of the ways we can do it is our finances and our diaries and our decision makings and our workplaces. Like, in all of your ways, acknowledge Him. Now, it's not very easy. It's definitely not easy, but really, the Bible is never easy, but it is pretty simple. God makes it really clear. His promise is that if we acknowledge Him, He will direct our paths. So I don't have to worry about which direction my life takes if I just acknowledge Him. And there's been times in my life when I look at it and think, how, how am I even here? There are people far more adequately qualified. There's people who are far better at just about everything. Like if there was a list of things, there would be people who are way higher than me in every matrix. But I believe that God has called me for his purpose, just like he's called you. And I believe that in every time when I've acknowledged him in all my ways, he's directed my path. Not because I'm brilliant, but because that's his promise. It's because God is so good, not because I'm so good. And as I've served Jesus, like I said, I've found myself in places where I'm like, I don't even belong in this room. I look around and there's people who are far better than me. I've got no right to be working with and I 100% believe it's my, because of my commitment to try and acknowledge him every aspect of my life. I don't want to direct my own path. And the reality is I'm not trying to put anyone down, but I, what I've found in life is that when I directed my own path, those things satisfied me for a while. But nothing satisfies me more than walking in the purpose that God has for my life. When a door opens, you might need to grow into it. And it will feel overwhelming. I remember about eight to ten years ago, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I had the opportunity to become the youth leader here at New Life. Alan, who had led it for years, was moving on. And it was time for myself and a couple of others to step into this role. There was going to be three of us who were leading it. And then... I remember at that time, like one of the people was uh, Darla, who's married to Michael Holly, so they were moving to Dundee, so this was youth, we were due to take over in the August, they announced like at the start of August, by the way, we're moving to Dundee, so great, and then the other friend who was supposed to be doing it with me like the night before just decided this isn't for them, and so all of a sudden I found myself in this place, and Alan had built up quite an amazing team, he really encouraged people, and just about everyone quit for different reasons. They moved on or they, I literally had to beg John Paul to not leave me. So I was left with next to, and it, he graciously did because John Paul's amazing. And, but, but I found myself in this place where, I, I, I'm in this space where I'm like, I, I don't even know what I'm doing, God, but I believe that you've directed my path. I'm acknowledging you in this. And I remember being, stage, just run, we had no clue. <laughs> We had no idea how to lead. We had no idea how to really organize. We had, we had no clue what it meant. And the appreciation I had for Alan, who had sat in that seat for so long, I thought, this is quite stressful. But I was just this teenage kid who was like, do you know what, God, if this is what you want, then I'll walk into this door of opportunity. And in that season, it was incredibly challenging, but I believe that I was possession for purpose. And I want to encourage you that I believe that God has put you in places where he's positioned you for purpose. 
Like, I don't think it's an accident that you sit next to that person at work. It's not an accident that you're in that office. It's not that accident that you live in that street, in that house, and that. But I believe that it's God positioning you for purpose. That God has got a plan for you, and I believe that if we can just acknowledge Him, then He will position us for purpose. Because that's the God that He is. God has got a plan for your life. And we read on in Esther's life, and I'm going to skip chapter 3, but in chapter 4 we find, I'll kind of put them together, but we find in Esther's life that there's this plot to kill all of God's people. Because anyone wants to kill you, I hate to break it to you, he'll do anything it can to rob your joy, to steal your peace, to steal his, but he'll do everything he possibly can, it's what he does. But Mordecai, this wise father figure, hears about this plot and he comes to Esther. Because remember, Esther's the queen now. Mordecai's just some random servant. There's no way he can do anything about it. But Esther was uniquely positioned by God for this moment in history. And he comes to Esther and Esther finds herself really confused. I mean, imagine you've just found out there's a plot to kill all of God's people. And you're the answer. Maybe. Maybe you're the answer. And so Mordecai comes and he says to Esther and he gets a message to her and he, she writes back to be like, I'm not really sure about this plan because in that time if the queen went to the king without being asked for, she got excommunicadoed, which is what happened to the first queen. Oh, well, technically she refused to go when the king came. So Esther's life is on the line here. She's positioned for purpose. God's got his hand in her life and yet this could cost her everything. And she finds herself probably with two outcomes here. Everything works out great, or I die. Like, there's no in-between. It's not going to be all right. It's either awesome or awful. And oftentimes, that's what it seems like when we're living a life of purpose. Either God shows up, and it's awesome, or this is all me and everything falls apart. Now, if, but the promise is that if we've acknowledged him in all of our ways, then he'll direct our paths. And if he's directing my paths, then he's never going to let it turn out awful. But it's easy for me to say this because I know what happens. But imagine being Esther. No, thank you. But Mordecai says this to her. And it's one of my favorite bits of the whole Bible. I know I say that every time I preach because the whole Bible is amazing. But he says this to her. He just writes to her and he says this simple phrase. Well, it's more than a phrase. But he says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews or God's people will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. It wasn't you were a queen for such a time as this. It's like, who knows? Just maybe... God's been working everything out for this moment because he wants to use you to save a nation. Because he wants to use you to save people. Because he wants to use you to save your family. Because he wants to use you to save your neighborhood. And I remember reading this and as I was preparing this message, Esther's faced with a stretching season. She's faced with this decision. Who knows if I can just picture her reading this letter and being like, if you stay quiet... God's going to use somebody else. But see all the dreams that you have in your heart? They're just not going to happen. Because God will use somebody else. If you're not willing to do what he's willing to do, he'll get someone else to do it. We are all replaceable with God. And I don't mean that to put us down. 
But I would rather be used by God and see his, pl- my pl- my, his plans for my life come to fruition than sit on the sidelines and have to watch it for someone else. And I believe that the question for us today is we look to stretch by purposes. We look to stretch out for what's in front of us. Is that who knows if perhaps you and I were placed in this place of places, in this little corner of Ayrshire, this tiny part of the world that... I mean, it seems so insignificant when you see all of the things on the news and you see cities and, I mean, I I love the city of London and I remember Glasgow was the only city I'd ever been to and then you go to London and it's just bigger, but then you look at Paris and New York and they're so much bigger than where we are in this tiny little cluster of towns and villages called Ayrshire. But who knows if you and I were placed here for such a time as this, that God's got a plan to save Ayrshire. That God's got a plan to save our towns and our villages. He's got a plan to save our streets and our families. And who knows if we in this moment in history, if God is looking at us to say, are you willing to be stretched by purpose? Are you willing to be used by me? Are you willing to see me use you to save a nation? And I was preparing for this. And it's impossible to look at Esther's story and not just think of Jesus. You know, Esther had to stand in the gap as God's people were going to be wiped out and Jesus came along and he had to stand in a gap so that God's people wouldn't be wiped out. You know, you and I were caught up in our sin. We don't deserve God's grace and God's mercy, but Jesus said, you know what, God? I'm I'm surrendered. I'm acknowledging you in all my ways. You'll direct my paths. And his path led him to the cross at Calvary where he died, but that's not where his story ended because it only led through Calvary. It didn't stop there. Because he got out of the grave so that you and I could have life and the power that we sing about in his name. And because of that, you and I have a purpose for our life. And so as we prayerfully consider where we're going as a church, we've got plans. It's not just about stretching and strengthening. We really do believe that God is calling us to enlarge the place of our tent. We believe that God has given us a vision and a heart that's not just for press weight, but also to stretch out across Ayrshire. And we're working all that out and praying all that through. But I believe that God wanted to ask us all the question deep in our spirits that are we, who knows? Were you made for such a time as this? And his question is, are you going to be quiet? Or are we going to be like Esther who said, you know what, God? I might only have this. All I have is this tiny life that I can give you, God. But here it is. I'm choosing to acknowledge you, God. Direct my paths and use me. Because I want to see my streets saved. I want to see my family saved. I want to see my nation saved. I want to see my town saved. I want to see my continent saved. I want to see this planet saved. So God, if if I get to play any role in it, God, use me. God, if all I get to do is smile and walk into an office and change the atmosphere, God, use me. If all I get to do is walk into a family situation and speak wisdom, use me, God. If I just carry your presence and your peace with me, God, then just use me. Whatever it takes, God, if you need me to pray and intercede on behalf of people, God, use me. I'm willing. Here I am, God. And so I just want to encourage you that God has got a plan for your life. He has got purpose inside of you, and that purpose will stretch you. In the seasons where we don't control whether they're good times or bad times, they're stretching us for God to use us, if we're willing to, to be stretched by them. I also believe that God has positioned us in places for his purpose. There are doors of opportunities that you'd find yourself in where you think, why am I even here? I believe that if we ask that question and God wants to speak into that and say, you're there because I placed you there and I have a purpose. And so acknowledge him in our conversations, acknowledge him in how we conduct our lives. And finally, I believe that he wants to tell us that it's not us 
let's not be quiet, because who knows? Maybe just for such a time as this, we are the ones called to speak the name of Jesus over these towns, these cities, over these villages, over these workplaces, over our families, over our schools, over universities, that we are called to not be quiet, but to speak the name of Jesus. There's a song that Gary sang in church a couple of times by House Song and Young and Free, and I just love the, the gist of it, because it says, it's not time to be silent. Don't you dare hide your light, because there's a world outside your window. And I just want to encourage you that there's a world outside our window, that, and God is calling us to be stretched by his purpose and for his purpose for your life. And when you do that, there's going to be times where you think, this could be awesome, or this could be awful. But trust me, when you know, you know that God's going to back you up. And I'm believing that we'll see Ayrshire changed in Jesus' name. That we'll see, I believe, like, I firmly believe that we'll see, not just when we sing the songs about somebody testify, that we're going to have people in this building who will testify to the addictions being set free. They'll be set free from depression. I believe that we'll have testimonies of cancers being eradicated, all in the name of Jesus, for his glory, and that it'll be a ripple effect that'll impact Ayrshire and beyond Ayrshire into our nation, into our continent. Father God, I just pray right now for everyone in this room. God, I thank you that you have got purpose inside of you. Father God, I thank you that you have a plan for each of us. Father God, that you are so incredible that even before we were alive, you had planned good works in advance for us to walk in. Father God, I pray that each of us will commit to acknowledging you in every way, even when it's difficult and when it's not very easy. God, I pray that we'll do that, and as we do, you'll direct our paths like you promised. Father God, that we'll walk into the purposes you have for us, that we'll see businesses change, we'll see schools change, we'll see families change, we'll see streets and communities changed in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Father God, as we leave here today, Father God, we pray for your protection over us. Father God, we pray that just like Esther, that we will not be quiet, that we will hide our light. We will not hide our light, sorry, and that we will declare the name of Jesus over everyone and every person and every situation. Father God, we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.